0: Freddie Goodrow and Anthony Angelo have been demoted to the taxi squad so that Mark Jankowski can play some more. Or not. Maybe it's a little bit more layered than that. Maybe, maybe we're now reaching the point where the Penguins finally have some welcome tough decisions on which forwards to keep using and which ones to scratch or send out. Good morning to you. Good morning. Monday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way every weekday morning. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Penguins are practicing later this morning, 11 a.m., Cranberry. I'll be there for that, to cover that for DK Pittsburgh Sports. And especially in the 10 minutes leading up to the session, In the first five minutes of the actual session, I'll be watching breathlessly to see which players come through the gate, which ones could be making a return, which ones might have been out there a little early to do some independent skating or getting closer to returning. That's what happens when you have a team that's got a bunch of injuries. That's the way you handle practice. You're just watching for who's wearing the caution jerseys and the non-caution jerseys uh, who does what with the skills coach, who participates in which drills, what are the line combinations, and all that other stuff. Teddy Bluger looks like he's getting ready to come back. That's kind of what I'm taking from this. There are moves like the ones yesterday that really don't mean much of anything. The Penguins are tight up against a salary cap, and there are certain things that they can do by moving guys to taxi squads or to Wilkes-Barre where they go back and forth, and it saves X amount of dollars, uh, not to be cheap, but to stay under the cap as much as possible to allow for maximum flexibility when it comes to trade time. I don't believe for a second anyone has soured on either Goudreau or Angelo. I do believe that the coach likes Jankowski increasingly more than he did about a month or so ago. And and that's fair. Jankowski's been better And Jankowski's also a member of the penalty kill. Never underestimate the latter when it comes to making lineup decisions. But the more fun lineup decisions come from mapping out lines. And once you start doing that and you start seeing which players you like, which players you want to keep in the lineup, you see that it's getting tough. You see that it's getting tough. We're going to give that a shot today. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of your cable bill, as I don't have to tell you, is over 200 bucks on average. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month, has all the same channels, you don't pay for DVR, you don't pay for installation, there actually isn't installation. Fubo TV now also has AT&T SportsNet Pittsburgh which means you can watch all penguins and all pirates games. Zero risk to try it out, no contracts, cancel anytime and best of all, for listening to this fine program, Fubo TV is offering listeners a 7-day free trial and 15% off your first month. All you have to do is go to fubotv.com/dk. See I told you it was for us. One more time it's fubotv.com slash DK to get 15% off your first month. All right, first line is the first line. I'm not messing with that. If anybody had any doubts about the first line, the way they've performed collectively, meaning, of course, Sidney Crosby, Brian Rust, and Jake Gensel in Evgeny Malkin's absence uh, should have buried those doubts seven feet deep. Second line, I'm going with Malkin between Kasperi Kapanen and Jared McCann. Did you hear how I didn't hesitate on that last one? Jared McCann, not Jason Zucker. I don't have a problem with Zucker. In fact, I thought there were times late in the regular season last season that Zucker and Malkin fit together pretty nicely. I don't care. Uh, McCann has... Elevated his game to where he belongs in the top six. And putting him somewhere where he would just take it as a demotion or I mean, he's a good kid. He's not gonna go powder or anything. But I don't I don't like holding back someone who's rising up. Is that a better way of phrasing it? So you got you've got your Blueger, Aston Reese, and Tanev line. Unless the coaches saw something they liked while either Teddy or Tanev has been out. And and I'd really, really be surprised by that. I, I understand Goodrow fit there well and everything, but I wouldn't be doing anything like that. Those guys belong together. Uh, they're so effective defensively. Checking the other team's top line, that is, whenever you're not playing Boston and Sullivan insanely matches Sid against Boston's top line and it never goes well. But you need one more line. And you can just... Say, all right, well, here's here's my line are gonna be the three players that I like the most out of what's left. And you're gonna say Goudreaux, Zucker, and Angelo. The problem with that is that the composition of that line almost certainly will be made up based on penalty killing. Sullivan has told me himself that when he shows up to work the morning of a game, the first thing he and his assistant coaches discuss is who are the penalty killers because they need to fill out those slots. It's usually six slots. Now, if you want to go ahead and try more of this Sid on the PK stuff, I'm all right with that. I just don't want Sid blocking shots. If you tell Sid, look, you can be out there and you can be a threat for another shorty like the one he had The other day in Boston, that's great. I don't want you lying down in front of lasers. But Sid's a little bit too competitive for that, and I'd be surprised if he'd go along with something like that. So you're looking for PK guys. And in addition to the three players I just mentioned, the other ones in the mix would be Evan Rodriguez, Mark Jankowski, Sam Lafferty. It's a whole fifth line, if you will. They have six players. And I'm not even getting into the Radim Zahornas and so forth. They have six players for three spots when everyone's healthy. A complete extra line. My own choices here would be Rodriguez because he's right-handed and you can't just have all lefties on the draws. The coach is... Deserves to have someone on the rink. I would argue needs to have someone on the rink for when the game comes down to some massive situation and you've got a draw on the right side of the rink and you're going up against another centerman that you know doesn't beat righties. That's got to be in his arsenal, meaning the coaches. So I'll take Rodriguez as one of those three guys. I'll obviously take Zucker. This is. This is an NHL top six winger who would be playing on either your third or fourth line. So what do you got left now? You've got Angelo, Lafferty, and Freddie. Hmm. Well, maybe it depends on the opponent. Maybe if you have a team that you're facing that's one of those, you know, bigger-bodied types that you want to get a little bit extra size in, you go with Angelo. Um, If you're looking for an extra element of speed on the forecheck, you're going with Lafferty. And if you just want some Freddy, you go with Freddy. And you know what I'm going to do? For right now, I'm going with Freddy. Because I like the idea that Freddy, out of everyone I just mentioned, would probably be the one most capable of sliding up. Into a top six fill in role. I know Rodriguez has done it, but Rodriguez is already there. Um, and Freddie can be another centerman as well if you need that. Whereas Angelo and Lafferty don't offer that. Wait, did I forget Jankowski completely? Oh no! How did that happen? When we come back, just one question. It's time for just one question, and that's brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they are committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania. If you'd like to help, and you really can help, because $1 is all it takes to provide five full meals, a dollar for five meals, go to pittsburghfoodbank.org. And spell it out, too. There's no PGH or anything. PittsburghFoodBank.org. Today's question comes from Kevin, who asks, DK, you could make the argument that Cody Cece has been the Penguins' best and most consistent defenseman this season. What has changed in his game to get him to the level he's playing at now? Most thought nothing of his signing when it occurred. The guy deserves a ton of credit for his play this season. I, I couldn't agree more strongly with everything, including, including your strong statement about CeCe being the Penguins' most consistent defenseman. It doesn't mean necessarily that he's been their best. That's been Chris Letang. It doesn't mean that he's been tops in any other categories necessarily. But other than one game, the very first one in Philadelphia, in which, you know, it's kind of understandable. New coach, new system, new everything. That maybe he'd take a little bit of time to figure out what's going on. Other than that, his performance has been just a straight, flat line across. And I say that in the positive sense. What went wrong before is probably a more telling thing to discuss, though, than what you're bringing up about what raised his level. He was drafted in Ottawa, 15th overall, and he was part of that Senators team that reached the Eastern Conference final against the Penguins, you'll recall, the one that uh, Chris Kunitz eliminated with the double OT goal in Game 7. And he was a good player for those Senators. And they saw his future as being pretty bright. He didn't disappoint anybody when he first came up with that team. It was only after that that the Senators took it too far. They immediately thrust him, almost immediately thrust him into a a top-pairing role where he was their main matchup guy. He was logging 23, 24 minutes, and a lot of stuff got exposed very, very quickly. And he didn't handle it particularly well. And it ended up slowing him down. So he goes to Toronto, where unless you're Matt Sundin, Boreas Salming, Doug Gilmore, or now Austin Matthews, you stink. (laughs) I mean, that's just how it is in Toronto. You are just no good. And they tore him apart. And the analytics community was especially tough on him. And in a place like Toronto... Unlike most places, that'll mean something. You will take the ice thinking to yourself about what you're about to do wrong instead of just having fun and confidence in your game and playing the way you know how. So CC comes to Pittsburgh, and like you said in your question, most thought nothing of it. I I wouldn't go that far. There were some people paying attention to it, but not a ton what you did see was the, the certain people uh, in the analytics community discussing it as if oh no you know jim rutherford is ignoring analytics again or something to that effect and he's going to bring in another jack johnson and then cc goes out and plays hockey and then he plays it extremely well and even his advanced analytics were on the rise why i've asked him and he, he's not the most—he he seems like a pretty decent guy, just judging from the Zoom calls, which is all the interaction that we get these days. But he's not the guy that's going to go, well, I'm feeling super awesomely great right now, and this is why. He, he, he won't do that, but he'll just say, I'm playing my game. You know, I, I really appreciate the setting, the surroundings, my teammates. Uh, the system is a good fit, everything. He'll say those kinds of things. And you know what? That's actually kind of what it looks like. That's probably the best analysis you're going to get. He doesn't overdo anything. Even when you see him join the play, as he did when he scored his goal in Boston over the weekend, it's responsible. He's not losing his mind. Uh, He's not leading the rush or creating his own breakaways like his partner is capable of doing, meaning, of course, Mike Matheson but he stays within himself. And sometimes you have to do that. De- defenseman is d- defense is the toughest position to learn in the NHL. You hear that from everybody, but you especially hear it from scouts when they talk about the transition from the top minor league level, you know, that being the AHL and getting into the NHL, it is such a leap for a defenseman because they will never have faced anything close to the challenges that they're about to face in terms of the speed coming at them, the speed of the game. There's no way to prepare for that. You can't manufacture it. The AHL doesn't do that. And it's possible that it took him a little while to figure out who, who he is, what he wants to be, and he's okay with staying at home for the most part, but also joining the rush responsibly he is a Mike Sullivan defenseman in Pittsburgh that's high praise he is a Mike Sullivan defenseman he's also a free agent after this coming season and man if that isn't one of Ron Hextall's top priorities to make sure that guy sticks around here I, I can't imagine what is thanks for the question so much uh, we will have another daily shot of thank <laughs>